Welcome to the Weekly Insight Podcast, where we break down the noise of the week and help you understand the psychology of the markets with your host, Andrew Dorr at Insight Wealth Group. Morning. Welcome to the latest edition of the Weekly Insight. My name is Andrew Dorr. I'm your host today. I want to wish everyone a happy Valentine's Day. It's Monday, February 14th. For those of you who uh, are able to spend the day with your loved ones, we hope you have a very special day. For those of you husbands out there who this is serving as a great reminder, uh, we'll tell you to head to the flower shop. But uh, lots to talk about today. Before we get started, uh, I'm going to start with the same thing we start with every week, which is just a reminder that nothing we're going to talk about here today should be construed as an investment recommendation. What we're really trying to do is give you some insight into what's going on in the market and what's driving the world today. But as you're looking to make investment decisions, would c- encourage you to talk uh, with your financial planner. So lots to go through today. You know, when I started this podcast, one of my concerns was how in the world are we going to find something to talk about every week? And the universe is not letting us down right now. <laughs> there is uh, a ton moving the markets. And we're going to spend some time today talking about a couple of very big issues. Uh, Number one, inflation. I think everybody is familiar with some of the information that came across last week. We're going to break that down. And then we're going to go through and spend some more time on our good friend, Vladimir Putin. Lots going on in the Ukraine, and it certainly had an impact on the market last week, especially on Friday. We just want to uh, bring you up to speed on where things sit there as well. So, Let's start with inflation and rate hikes. Uh, There was a lot going on last week. As I'm sure you probably heard, uh, the latest inflation report came out on, I believe it was Wednesday. The numbers weren't pretty. You know, year over year, uh, consumer price index moves uh, right now are showing up 7.48%. That is pretty interesting timing because that happens to be the highest level it's been in exactly 40 years. February 1982 was the last time we were at these levels. So we're all feeling it a little bit. You know, it depends on who's listening to this this podcast and how they're feeling it. If you are someone who is uh, lower income, you're going to be definitely feeling the changes in inflation on food, on fuel. If you're someone that those aren't particularly large issues for your budget and your balance sheet, you're certainly not going to be feeling this as much. But we just want to go through a little bit about what the world's saying, and then we want to break it down into a little bit more of reality because you know there's a lot of banks out there that changed their projections last week. Uh, BMO Harris, Goldman Sachs both announced that they're now anticipating seven rate hikes this year. The head of the St. Louis Federal Reserve suggested that the FOMC should raise rates 50 basis points instead of the normal 25 basis points that was expected at the March meeting. There were several analysts and news articles and everything else that were saying, come on, Fed, get off your butt, do something, do it now. Don't wait till the March meeting. And so, you know, the drama definitely got kicked up last week again on this issue. But what I would say is that all of this is pretty speculative at this point. It doesn't change the fundamental analysis that we've been talking about for a while now. We had a podcast and a memo titled Fed Psychosis a few weeks ago where we talked about 
the market's reactions to Chairman Powell's remarks coming out of the January FOMC meeting. And I, I actually want to go back to a couple of the things that we said back then, because they're still true today. Number one, the Fed intends to end their asset purchases in March. True. The Fed would not be raising interest rates in January, but intends to use interest rate hikes as the primary tool to address inflation. Also true. The Fed intends to let their balance sheet run off through maturities over time. Still true. But I'd also add something that Chairman Powell said after the January meeting, because I think this is one of the most important quotes from his remarks. And he said, quote, a number of factors are supporting a decline in inflation. Fiscal policy will be providing significantly less of an impulse to growth. There will be relief on the supply side. In addition, monetary policy will be becoming significantly less accommodative. All of that is true. So what does that mean, though? And I, I think what he's saying here, we have to understand, is that, yes, the Fed has a tool. The Fed's tool to address inflation is raising interest rates. We know that. We know they're going to use it. The question remains how aggressively they use it. But what Chairman Powell is saying here is that there are other things that affect inflation as well, and that those things are already happening in the background. You know, the first one, probably one of the most inflationary things that's happened, and I would argue it was the right thing to do at the time, but in 2020 and into 2021, the Trump and Biden administrations and Congress pushed a ridiculous amount of capital out into consumers' hands, into businesses' hands. That was needed at the time, but it is inherently inflationary. I mean, what is inflation? Inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. We know we have too few goods because of supply chain issues, but there's too many dollars because we pumped a ton of dollars out into the economy. That is going to naturally raise prices. So what has the market done since, uh, since that Fed meeting? Not much. You know, it's been up, it's been down, it's been up, it's been down, but it's really pretty flat. I think we're up about one and a half percent since that meeting. The market has realized over that time, yes, we have inflation, but the question is, is it, an, is it an impending disaster or is it a normal reaction to our environment? We still think it's it's the latter. Uh, you know, first we have to understand where inflation's coming from. There's, there's two... Well, there's a lot of types of inflation, but let's focus on two types of inflation. And, and this is coming from the Atlanta Fed. They call it sticky inflation and flexible inflation. What we see when we look at the Atlanta Fed's chart is that flexible inflation has skyrocketed. It's up 20%. Sticky inflation is probably sitting around 35 to 4% today. The, that's two very different things. I, you know, it's important to note that the sticky inflation has seen a notable move upward. No question about that. So that's going to be things like rents and wages. You know, once wages go up, wages don't usually go back down. And so, you know, some of those costs are going to be inherently borne by the economy for a long time. But that flexible inflation is what Chairman Powell is talking about when he says there will be relief on the supply side. That relief is going to get here. There's no question. It's going to take time. Powell said in his January remarks that it would not happen by the end of this year. It would it would bleed into next year, but we will start to feel it this year. 
and that's important. So just remember, you know, inflation, as much as Powell has been blasted for his inflationist transitory comments, uh, and and everybody says, well, this doesn't feel very transitory because it's been going on now for a while, you know, call it six months. Uh, what is transitory, right? Transitory means temporary and not permanent. And the sticky inflation, that's the permanent inflation. The, the flexible inflation, that is the transitory inflation. It may take a little longer to go away than we would like, but it will go away as we start to see the supply chain issues resolve themselves. And frankly, as we start to see consumers and businesses spend down those big cash balances that they have, because right now they're sitting on a ton of cash. So inflation, it's one of those issues where I would say if you are invested in you know, high tech growth stocks, inflation should worry you if you are invested in kind of a core portfolio and you have time on your side uh, and you're not taking big risky bets. This is something we can ride out. It will take time. It's going to be a bumpy year, but it is not going to be something that's going to be the end of the world. Now, speaking of end of the world, if you live in Kiev, this might feel like it. It's, uh, it's been a rough week for the people of Ukraine. It's been a rough week for uh, negotiations on the international level. And the White House came out and made some comments on Friday that I think the market really didn't like. And so I want to walk through those a little bit. So Jake Sullivan, who is President Biden's national security advisor, stepped to the podium at the White House uh, on Friday. To say he was not feeling the Valentine's Day love would be an understatement. He was very, very clear on a few points. And let's go through them. Number one, while there is no guarantee that Putin intends to invade Ukraine, Current intelligence reports indicate he is moving to do so and do so quickly. Number two, any invasion or any hope that the invasion may be delayed until after the Olympic Games. Remember, people were saying maybe Putin wouldn't do this during the Olympics so that his buddy Xi would not get mad at him for distracting from the Olympics. The White House is now saying there's no way to guarantee that that won't happen. And number three, he was very pointed. If you are a U.S. citizen and you are in the Ukraine right now, get out. You have 24 to 48 hours, and once something starts to happen over there, the U.S. will not come to the aid of citizens who chose to remain in the country. So, you know, while while we tend to agree with Mr. Sullivan that there's no guarantees an invasion is going to happen, you have to remember what the podium at the White House means. It's one, you know, there's a lot of ways they do things at the White House. There's you know, a leak. There is, you know, the the anonymous senior official who goes on the record. There is, you know, the gaggle that happens outside of the press room. But when someone steps to the podium that has that eagle on it and it says the White House, they're very serious about something. And so when when the national security advisor steps to the podium in the White House and essentially yells, run that's a pretty good indication that things are getting serious. And the market responded to that. You know, if you, if you look at a chart of the S&P 500 from the moment he walked to the podium until, you know, the rest of the day, it was a downward trend. I think the S&P was at about 4480 when he stepped to the podium. It got down to about 4400 right before the close. So it was a, a pretty dramatic swing. 
in the market. Uh, it was even more dramatic if you look at the price of oil. Oil was trading at $92 uh, when he stepped to the podium. Ten minutes later, it was trading for over $95. We've seen it continue to have some upward price volatility over the weekend. So was this news catastrophic? No. You know, the market ended the day down 1.9%, and oil ended the day up 4.5% roughly. Neither of those numbers in the grand scheme of things uh, are particularly egregious, but it's a sign that the market's paying very close attention to this, and I would argue it's probably a sign that this week we're going to see a lot of volatility based on what's happening in Ukraine. So, you know, a lot of conversations over the weekend. Secretary of State Blinken had a conversation with his Russian counterpart on Saturday. President Biden had a conversation with Vladimir Putin on Saturday in which he instructed uh, President Putin that the West's response would be swift and severe. Uh, that's you know notable when the President of the United States says that, although I think we have to remember that the White House has been very clear it will not be a military response, it will be an economic response. Now, where's hope? You know, I, I would hold out hope that you know the, the main target, Kiev or Kiev, depending on how you pronounce it, you know, it is very, very close. It's about 57 miles from the Belarusian border. And as you are probably aware, Putin and uh, his troops have been doing, quote-unquote, training activities with the Belarusian army. Uh, and he's moved tens of thousands of troops into Belarus over the course of the last several weeks. But so that would be the most, shall we say, direct approach for Putin to, uh, to march in and take uh, Ukraine, take take the center of power from Ukraine, uh, would be to march from the north in Belarus. But tactically, you know, we talked about a CSIS memo a couple of weeks ago, and that memo laid out a couple of really interesting things, because tactically, that ground north of Kiev is very difficult ground. The first problem, that's where Chernobyl is. So uh, the most direct r- route goes through the Chernobyl exclusionary zone, which, you know, if you walk through there with a Geiger counter, uh, it still lights up pretty bright, and it's not exactly where any leader uh, wants to march their troops through. So, you know, that, that takes away a little bit of the accessibility of going on that direct route. But the second problem is that that area is very, very swampy. So in the winter, when the ground's frozen, it's a perfect area to run tanks through. But when things start to melt, it is not ideal. So out of curiosity, I went and pulled the weather report for that area for the next 10 days. And if you're like us from the Midwest, you understand there's a time of year, typically maybe starts now if you're in the southern Midwest or you know, if you're, you're from up north by the Minnesota border, maybe it starts a little bit later. But there's this time where you have these days where it freezes and thaws and freezes and thaws. And that is what it really looks like is going to happen Uh, in the area around Kiev over the next 10 days. Every single day, the high is in the low 40s and the low is in the low 30s. And so what does that look like? That looks like tanks getting stuck. That is going to be a very muddy mess. And it's not where I, I would think that they would want to march a whole bunch of troops if they were trying to remain mobile and move quickly. So maybe the weather uh, continues to be a good sign as well. So we'll, you know, we'll we'll say what we've said last week and the week before, and we'll probably say it next week if if nothing happens this week. But there's really only one person in the world who knows what's going to happen in Ukraine, 
His name is Vlad, and he's keeping his, his cards close to his chest at this point. So we just need to understand that as the market looks at this and as the economy looks at this, this is going to be a very volatile period while people are trying to divine what it is Vladimir Putin is going to do. So energy prices likely up, you know, equities likely very volatile, something that we need to understand and manage around over the coming weeks. Again, we'll have to see uh, how it all shakes out. We would come back to the message we gave you last week, which is if this does happen, the most aggressive actions are going to be on the energy front uh, by the White House. And if you're an energy investor here in the United States or in the West, that is probably going to be very good for pricing. So we'll see how it shakes out, but it is something that we have to stay very closely abreast of and pay close attention to. So with that, we'll wrap it up for this week. Uh, happy Valentine's Day again. Uh, if you'd like more information or would like to have a discussion about some of the topics we've raised here, I'd encourage you to give us a call at 515-273-1333 or visit us on our website at www.insightwealthgroup.com. There you can also find a much more detailed uh, examination of these issues in our weekly insight memo, which is posted every Monday. So we hope you have a great week and we look forward to touching base with you again next week. Take care. Securities offered through Arate Wealth Management, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, NFA. Investment advisory services offered through Arate Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment firm.